Today our scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, and we are turning to Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 35. And if you have your Bible with you, could you turn with me please to page 1591 in the Church Pew Bible, page 1591, Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 35. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been spending our Sunday mornings in Luke's Gospel under the overall title, The Melody of Christmas. And we continue that theme this morning, beginning verse 25 of chapter 2. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised You now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Amen. And we trust that God will bless to us this reading from his holy word. Earlier this morning, I forgot one announcement, so please bear with me as I try and catch up with myself. Some of you have been asking about Luke's Christmas story that we're reading on Sunday morning, and it is available in the church bookstore, and proceeds from the book go to help uh, First Presbyterian Academy. So it's both there, if you're looking for a copy for your children or your grandchildren, and last year's book uh, is also there as well. So forgive me for uh, forgetting that announcement. As Christmas gets closer and closer, I have to confess, and I suspect I'm like a number of you, Christmas is my favorite time of the year. And it's my favorite time of the year by far, not just a little, but by far. And I thoroughly enjoy the decorations and the tinsel and the lights and the Christmas parties and the celebrations and the special services. And this past Friday on my weekly Christmas email to the congregation, I forwarded to you an email that I received earlier this week. And it said this, And this individual was concerned about putting on weight, having eaten too much over the Christmas period. And they said, I have decided that getting down to my original weight is, in fact, unrealistic. And I'm okay with that. After all, six pounds and three ounces is unrealistic. (laughs) I was tickled by that and got a thrill out of it. And I thought, how clever is that? And it's that theme of joy, surprise, 
enjoying the season that runs throughout these early chapters of Luke. And if you were with us last Sunday morning, you will know that Luke has four very brief hymns tucked into his gospel. The first is the Magnificat that comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. We saw the second of them last Sunday morning, the Benedictus, Luke 6, 68 to 79, when Zechariah eventually, his voice is restored and he gives thanks and praise to God. The Gloria in Excelsis, which we'll return to next Sunday morning, is earlier in chapter 2. And we come to the fourth of Luke's recorded hymns. And it's here, the passage we read, verses 29 to 32. And it's known in traditional church circles as the Nunc Dimittis. When, of course, Simeon takes the Christ child in his arms and worships God in a spectacular fashion. And we'll come to study that in a moment. But if you leave here this morning thinking that this is a story about an older man whose life was now complete, please let me reassure you that that's not the point Luke is making. And we'll come and see that in a moment. So please listen carefully. Listen for the surprise that comes in the Christmas story. And for Simeon, he got it. And he got it very quickly because he understood that between the end of the Old Testament and we focused on this last Sunday at the book of Malachi and then the beginning of the New Testament, there was 400 years of silence. And it seemed as if God was inactive, quiet, doing nothing. But in fact, as we saw last Sunday, God was orchestrating and engineering and directing and steering the history of entire nations and also individuals. And as to Simeon as an individual we focus on this morning. Because Simeon realizes that when he takes the Christ child in his arms, God has been anything but silent. Anything but inactive. In fact, he was very much at work in our world. And now he's coming to bring to pass his eternal purpose and will for all of humanity. And Simeon understood what the carol writer wrote years later, centuries later, when he wrote these words. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. And when Simeon gathered the Christ child in his arms, he says what I think is two of the greatest recorded words in all of Scripture. He looks at the child and says, Sovereign Lord. He doesn't begin his prayer with, Father, thank you for the enormous privilege of being here to see the Christ child. That's a great prayer. That's a prayer of gratitude and thanksgiving. And it comes much later in the prayer. But those opening words of that prayer sets up for us the wonder of the Christmas season. And notice them again. Sovereign Lord. 
because Simeon realizes that only a sovereign God can pull off what's about to take place. Because in those words are wrapped up the eternal decrees of God. That God's ultimate purpose for humanity is coming to fruition right there at that point. Allow me also to say a little tongue-in-cheek. It reminds us that Simeon was a Presbyterian. And he focuses on what we as Presbyterians hold dear. And people will say to me regularly, Richard, why do Presbyterians talk about the sovereign and eternal purposes of God so often? Why do you make it such a big thing? And we make it such a big thing because the Bible makes it such a big thing. And it's Simeon's instinctive, natural response to lift the Christ child in his arms and realizes the purposes and plans of God are coming to fruition right there at that point. And when Simeon begins, Sovereign Lord, he understands what countless millions have understood since then. That infinity cannot contain him. That eternity cannot encompass him. Angelic areas erupt in unprecedented praise at his birth. Kings, kings gathered to worship him. Prophets longed to see him. God's eternal decrees are shaped by him. Eternity's sonnets speak of him and salvation of all humanity is found in him. No wonder this morning we come with praise and adoration and joy and thanksgiving to offer to him, to sing joy to the world, the Lord has come. That's why we have a service, the sounds of Christmas, because we cannot think of a better way than to bring praise and glory and honor to him. Zechariah, last Sunday morning, was so caught up in the circumstances of his own life, he forgot what God was doing. And Simeon is the opposite. He pays no attention to his own life and focuses on the wonder of God. Because Simeon reminds us of that eternal biblical truth. That if our joy is found in our own circumstance, our joy will always leave us. But if our joy is wrapped up in the infinite, eternal character of God, our joy cannot leave us. May we know the joy of Christ this Christmas season. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this powerful reminder that you have come into this world to save us from our sins and to cleanse us and renew us and to forgive us and to give to us a new heart and mind and soul. And may we, as we move into this third week of Advent,
be able to say with Simeon, Sovereign Lord. Father, bless us in this week to come, for we ask it in Jesus' name.